Hi, Chris Fallon here. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so excited about my new show, Cultural Catalyst, where we help you to learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. You can watch it weekly on my YouTube channel or listen to it here. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, Chris Fallon here. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we teach you to be fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. And today I have one of my very close friends, Bethany Hicks, who actually is a prophetess and has written a book. On, she's worked with us for several years. He, she works with Dano McCollum, and she is a part of our School of Prophets. Welcome, very welcome to the show. Welcome, very <laughs> welcome, very much to the show. Hey, thanks, Chris. It's, I'm so glad and honored to be here with you. Love seeing you as always. Yes, and you guys have what you call the Company of Prophets. No, it's called actually Prophetic Company Global, right? Let's get the name right. Yes, Prophetic Company. Uh huh. Tell me a little bit about that, a little bit about your personal life. You got some kids and you just moved to Texas. Yeah. Texas. So, uh, yes. Um, my name is Bethany Hicks, Prophetic Company. I'm co founder of Prophetic Company with Dan and Regina McCollum, who I know is also very close friends of yours, Chris and yes. um, Kathy. And, um, you know, we believe that we have a mission, a mandate to rewrite what the prophetic can look like in our generation. And it's not because like what came before was bad or wrong. I mean, in fact, we so esteem what, you know, the prophetic fathers and the mothers have done before us. But we really believe that the time is transitioning from uh, not just prophetic celebrities, but prophetic communities. And what it, would it look like when, you know, Chris, when I was growing up, the prophets often would look like coming into town once a year with the presbytery, you know, like those old, yeah. those old guys like David Shock, yeah. you know, yeah. Sam Sasser, all these like fathers that were amazing, but you often had to wait like once a year for them to come. And then you yeah. kind of had to hope you won the like lottery in a sense to get your name called. So you got, you could get a prophetic presbytery in a word. And, and so we really have a heart to see every son and daughter prophesying. We believe that God poured out his spirit and all flesh as come you on, know, Bethany, 228. Now? I know. I think it's been with you. And so, and so we're very passionate I am so passionate that every son and daughter knows that they know that they know that they can recognize and respond to the voice of God. I am so tired of that sense of exclusivity or like a sense that it only belongs to like the spiritually elite or those that went to Bible college or those that have been Christians for a long time. And so to see... Um, to see the, the joy on a person's face, like it's almost like a light bulb going on when they are hearing God for the first time and giving a prophetic word that's encouraging someone else. It's, it's like a kid. I'm like a kid in a candy store. Like just to, to see that they're like, oh my gosh, I can hear God. Like God speaks to me. What would that do to a generation that knows that God is speaking to them? How would that shift a generation to advance the kingdom of God? And so that's a major thing of what we do is we really want to rewrite what the prophetic can look like in our generation to really that New Testament prophecy protocol, the New Testament prophecy model. And so that's something we're really going after. And as you mentioned, Chris, my second book I wrote, The God Connection, really highlights the different ways that God speaks to us. And I so forgot you wrote a second a book. 
Yeah, so I have two books now. Whoa. You, I know. Yeah. You, I've got two. That, well, you were the one who prophesied the first one, and that was the own your assignment about the prophetic call to mother. You are such a prophet. I am here to attest. He prophesied it, and it came forth. Chris, you know what's kind of funny, Chris? I don't know if you knew this, but my first book is a prophetic. Um, it's a prophetic uh, call to women to own their assignment as kingdom mothers. Right? It's not just exactly. being a. It's not about parenting. It's about spiritual mothers. You prophesied over me at School of the Prophets. I think it was four years ago. You told me you said you're going to write the book that redefines mothering in the kingdom of God. And um, what's fun, Chris, is obviously like that book wasn't going to write itself. I had to sit down and just every day, yeah. you know, you have to write. Yeah. You have to write if you're going to be the author. Well, only God could do this. When I got my first draft after all the edits, finally get my first copy to look at, I had this prompt to look at the calendar. To the day, it was nine months when I got my book from when you prophesied it, nine months. And the book's on mothering, you know? So I literally birthed this prophetic book, nine, you've got big muscles See when that? you do that. That's pretty awesome. I just wanted to I show you. <laughs> Chris got it right. right. So anyways, it was just, again, that was, I just thought that was kind of fun. Only God could do that. That's very, book. very Jehovah sneaky. So my second book, The God Connection, goes through the 12 ways that we, what we call our receptors, the 12 receptors of how God speaks to every person, every son and daughter, but really every person is hardwired to, to hear God, see him and feel him. They just may not recognize it's his voice if they're not saved yet. And of course, salvation brings us into the knowledge of knowing and recognizing his voice. So that's a little bit about what we do at Prophetic Company. <laughs> that's it? Well, we do more too, but yeah. I mean, we don't want to take up the whole time with that. No, but I do want to, okay, 12 receptors. You know, it's hard for you to, you know, say that and then go, let's change subjects. So let, let's give them, let's give our audience an example of maybe three or four. We don't want to give away the book, but, you know, Absolutely. we don't want to give away what they can read in a book, but right. what are, what are some of the receptors? Well, I have a graph I could even show you. Yeah, if you I can see to. you looking over at it. You're like, uh, do you want to see it or yeah, no? Let's, okay, let's try it. Here, that. let me show you. This is what we show people. So this is kind of what we do for whoa. our ways whoa. to receive. You guys are, whoa, prophets oh, yeah. that are organized. We're so, we're so legit. We got slides and everything. Oh, my goodness. You must so, be a prophet. Chris, we would say, of course, and this isn't new, but the four primary receptors of seeing, hearing, sensing, and perceiving, of course, right? Yes. So the 12 receptors would just be, we've kind of clarified and, dis and distinguished the three additional dimensions of external, internal, and what we would call mystical, okay? Yeah. And so, for example, um, for external scene, this is one of the ways we recognize God speaking spiritually through the natural created realm around us of what you see, yeah. right? It's that Romans one twenty. So I can look at a tree. I can look at a camera. I can look at anything around me and look to see, and God could speak to me through that natural created thing. Yeah. So that's so, external scene. Yeah, so, internal yeah. scene would be that realm of internal imaginations, visions, dreams, impressions. And so it's almost like if you close your eyes or you see those pictures, right? We all know what that is. And then mystical scene would be what we call like basically physically seeing the spirit realm around you. It's where you're engaging 
physically with the spirit realm, kind of when the, when the spirit realm overlays itself uh, um, upon the uh, natural created realm. And so really we felt like there's too many people out there that are like, well, I'm not a seer. You know, I don't see the way that person sees. So I must not be a seer. And we're like, no, just because you don't see angels or, you know, the things in the spirit realm does not make you less of a seer when you're seeing God speak to you in dreams and visions or in the natural created realm. And so that was something we really are passionate about distinguishing the different dimensions as well as activating people to experience all of them. Cause we believe everyone is hardwired to experience God on the full broadband of his voice and all 12 receptors. And so that's a, a little bit about that. And in my book, the God connection, it goes, every chapter goes through each dimension of those four primary receptors. Well, it's uh, I guess it shouldn't be surprising that first of all, that God wired his creatures to have multidimensional communication when, when the goal of salvation is to bring us into a relationship with God. And we know that God is not human, and his first language isn't English, Spanish, French, or whatever your language is. So that's really beautiful. You did a profound prophetic teaching on innovation. Let's just talk a little bit about that also. And is there, is there anything about that in your new book? No, I didn't really touch on prophetic innovation in my new book. Cool. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, prophetic innovation, um, you know, Chris, as we know today, everywhere you look, there's problems. <laughs> challenges. Even challenges. In the, yes. Challenges. We, we are Christians. Waiting we for solutions. Problems. Yes, exactly. And it really is about a mindset, right? It is really about like, okay, it, this is just a challenge looking for a solution. It's just yeah. waiting for the right solution. Yep. And so prophetic innovation is really... if even just backing up a little bit, I feel like prophetic and innovation is a little bit of a buzzword these days, you know, where it's like prophetic innovation and this. And honestly, I don't think people always know what they're talking about. (laughs) And so just for the sake of this conversation, I mean, for my definition, I would clarify that innovation is really making something new or creating something new from something that's already been established. So for example, like a cell phone would be an invention, but the smartphone would be the innovation of the cell phone, right? It looks like it, but it was kind of upgraded to something new. And so I believe again, that, that we as, as humans are hardwired again to advance. Um, I believe that God put within every single person the desire to innovate. Yeah. I am the, the reason I believe that is because we're not, you know, we're not riding around on horses and buggies anymore, or, you know, living by candlelight. We have electricity, we have cars, we have cars that park themselves now. It's like all this is going on. And why? Because I believe within our creative nature, created to be like God, we actually are hardwired to want to innovate, to want to make things better. Yeah. So I think there's a distinctive between what I would call like creative innovation and prophetic innovation. So creative innovation would be the image of God in us, right? Yeah. It'd be yeah. manifesting in us, out of us. And this is why I believe Christians and pre-Christians alike can innovate because Every person is created in the image of God, and they're innovating from their, their, 
their mm -hmm. image of God, like created yeah. like God. So that'd be creative innovation, innovation, prophetic innovation would be the voice of God to us. Right? So creative innova innovation is the outflow of what is, we're already hardwired. Prophetic innovation is when God would speak to us and drop in that solution, that idea, that, that solution, you know, that solutionary idea or something like that. And so I love that passage in Isaiah 42, nine and Isaiah 43, 19. And, you know, it says, forget the former things. See, I'm doing a new thing. Even now it's coming. Do you not see? And, and I've heard you preach this mm -hmm. as well before, Chris, that God's not just doing the next thing. He's doing the new thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we get caught up in what's the next thing rather than asking the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what's the new thing you actually want to do yeah. in this particular area? Wow. You, right? Yeah. I, I, I just, so funny. I was kind of, I was out at the pool yesterday, just out at my pool. And I was just, you know, I like to just go out there when it's quiet and just sit there. It has a waterfall. And I, I love the sound of water. And I, I was Me just- Me too. Out there is thinking we have horses and we have, you know, we have a dog and we have, and there, there are turkeys in our yard and we had a peacock the other day and squirrels running past us and, you know, just nature. We're just, in, we're just, we just have a few acres and it's, there's just nature around us. And I was thinking about the beauty of nature, but then I was thinking about the image of God. This very thing we're actually talking about in a different way. And I was thinking about what separates us from the animals because people are like, well, you know, we're just kind of an evolutionized ape. And I'm like, yeah, apes don't build cars. They, they don't, you know, they, they still live in the same tree. My, the squirrels still build the same thing they built a thousand years ago. My dog still finds shelter in some cave somewhere. Uh, and we're the only creature that made in the image of the creator who actually creates and I have, I, I like cars, you know me, I like cars. And I, I, I was blessed to be able to buy a brand new Corvette uh, this year, actually two months ago. And I was out there looking at my car and I was thinking about, I, I love beauty because God loves beauty. And I love art because God loves art. I mean, he makes beautiful things that humans, many of which no, no creature will ever see. And he makes it simply because it's an expression of who he is. And obviously you can worship cars, you can worship a house, you can worship the things you make with your hands. But it's natural for us to create. It's not natural for the squirrel to create. It's not natural for the bird or the dog or the bear or the monkey. But it's natural for us to create because we are possessed by the creator and made in his image. Exactly. And I, I was sitting just out there, just, I'm, I'm not joking, yesterday, thinking this very thing like, how can everyone think that we are just an evolutionized whatever? Yeah. Like we actually don't behave like any other creature that we know of. That we know of. And so you, you have some, you have a great story about prophetic solutions that are coming from this innovation. I'd love to hear one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so agree with you, Chris, too. I mean, it, it really is in our spiritual DNA to go from glory to glory. Yes. And yeah. I mean, you see that in people, even pre-Christians, 
They yeah. they want to make things better. Um, and and again, we're created to innovate, like you said. Yeah. So there are um, there have been times when I've had challenges where we decided we're not calling them problems. But um, I remember <laughs> many years ago, probably wow, 15 years ago, I was presented with a problem. Now. I've got some great other stories that I want to share as well that's related to Prophetic Company and some things that yeah, God has really it. used. Let's but do it. I kind of feel like this may seem almost so simple. Yes. But I feel like it connects to the every man. You know what I mean? And so for me as a mother, I had young children and I had a um, conviction for them to uh, be in, have Christian education. Yeah. And so there was a little Christian school. I lived up in, uh, the mountains for 20 years in this little ski resort town. And there was this wonderful Christian school that the year that my, uh, my son was in first grade, it completely like dissolved after like 40 years. So then I was faced with the, with an issue. Do I put my son in public school? Do I homeschool him? Or is there another solution? And um, public school was not an option, just the kind of public school at the time. And um, honestly, I'm not a homeschool mom. I so commend the women that are and the fathers that are because it's hard work. So I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, what can I do? And I, for me, I felt like the Lord told me to start up a new school, to start up a new Christian school. And so what I did was I had my two little children, they were like kindergarten and first graders and one other person. We all paid like a certain amount of money into this pot and I hired a teacher to just be with our kids, right? The next year we got, we went from three students to five students. The year after that, we doubled in size at the school, hired, hired another teacher. The year after that, we doubled again. Then we had two full-time staff. So now it's been probably 10, 15 years since that school has started, and it's fully thriving, full, three full-time staff still going. It is such an answer. It's like a watering hole in that particular area. And as you know, during COVID, so many of the public school systems were shut down, but yeah. many of the Christian schools could operate. And so I knew when I started that school, Chris, and I think this is a key too, I knew it wasn't just about my children. I knew it was for the babies that were yet to be born that needed to grow up with that so uh, in that particular environment. And so, and that's what's happening right now. And so for me, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me an innovation idea in a sense, which was to start this Christian school so that it would be a place for my children, but the, for generations to come. Um, so that's kind of like a small example, but honestly, part of prophetic innovation is that you can't find a solution for a problem you won't own, right? Oof. Like there's, you have to, solutions Here we come go. You're preaching again. You're preaching again. Come I'll, on. I'll rein it in. Come on. No, no. In. Go for it. But it's like solutions come to those who care, right? Uh, Nehemiah, what a great example. Nehemiah. The walls were destroyed in his beloved city, Jerusalem, and he wasn't even there. But when he heard about it, he was so distraught and he brought it before the Lord. And it wasn't until he owned that challenge or that problem yep. that actually he started, it gave him boldness to go to the king. And it wasn't until he took action that the favor, the resources, you know, the supplies were attracted to him. And so really when we act 
on prophetic innovation, it's actually sets in motion the law of attraction, right? Yep. So it sets in law, the, the law of attraction where, where again, favor and resources. And I think some people even watching today, maybe you have, maybe they have the innovative idea, but you have yet to take action. There is something about taking that first step, you know, the first couple yeah. steps that actually will start attracting those resources to you. Uh, you know, I feel like, okay, and this is, this is a little side, but you know how Elon Musk is the, is the richest man in the world right now, he according is. to Forbes. Yeah. I have a conviction that one of the reasons he is, is because if you've, if you've studied kind of one of his, one of his primary motivating force on why he does what he does is because he wants to make mankind better. He has a passion for mankind yeah. to get yeah. better and to eventually, you know, move to Mars or whatever to have a sustainable <laughs> exactly. life. Exactly. You know, did you know that? Oh, I, I, I love Elon Musk. I'm, I'm waiting for him to find the kingdom and what, what could, what could happen if that man had SQ? Right. Huh? He's, he's on the brink. Jeez. I feel it because he's searching in all the right places. I feel like in a lot of the right places. Yeah. But what, but you know, it really goes back to like, there's a principle, I think, in the kingdom that when you are serving others, what you need to, you know, when you're serving to, in your assignment, yeah. in your yeah. calling, just like Elon is, he, he has a passion to see mankind get better. Yeah. And it's yeah. attracting the wealth of the world to him so that he can accomplish that goal and that assignment. And so again, part of that key for prophetic innovation is obviously once the Lord gives you that solution, after you own that problem, he speaks to you and then you take action. I believe that's when you start to see those resources again in that favor come to you, just like, uh, just like it did with Nehemiah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That, it kind of leads me to a question that's not in our notes and, and not maybe maybe uh, more like a highlight than a question. But you guys also have something that you call finders. Yes. And it, it's, it's uh, I'm going to spill the beans. It's about finding missing children specifically. At least it started there. I know it's, I know it's branched out into helping solve other crimes. But... Uh, can you just give us a short Reader's Digest version of that? Because when I think about the power of innovation. Right. I love, I love what we're building, but saving the life of a child is uh, way beyond building, building a nice anything. Absolutely. And uh, share, share just a couple of minutes about how innovation, invention, and prophetic, and prophetic, uh, uh, you know, supernatural uh, intelligence is actually helping uh, the police, FBI, CIA, so on and so forth, yes. to actually, yes. actually yeah, find kids, missing yeah, kids. I was gonna, I was gonna mention that as well, and I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because yeah, so finders is something that actually God really birthed through Dano McCollum. We talked about him earlier. He's co-founder of Prophetic Company, um, and um, really that started Chris when he would walk out of like the local Walmart or something like that. And you know how you would walk out of Walmart and you look on the wall and there's those posters of missing yeah. children. Yep. And like his heart 
would just start being burdened for those children. See what was happening. He was starting to own that problem. Right. And so he started to ask the Lord, like, Lord, if we can use prophecy to see things in the unseen realm, you know, can we use the prophetic skill as a life skill? Is that something that we can start, start accessing the prophetic to find missing children. And then as, so he started dialoguing with the Lord about this. And then he remembered how the Lord used St. Nicholas, uh, who we all know as Santa Claus, right? He's kind of the, uh, um, he, he's kind of the, the down, you know, the downward, uh, yeah. evolving of St. Nicholas, but St. Nicholas was used to break up a child trafficking ring. And the way that he did that, because children were being trafficked out back in his day, but nobody knew how. And then St. Nicholas had a dream that children were being smuggled out in pickle jars and pickle barrels. And so when he woke up from that dream, they were able to find these pickle barrels. And indeed, they were able to break up a major, major child trafficking ring of his day. So Daniel was like praying about this. God speaks to him about how the prophetic was used to break up this child trafficking ring, you know, like hundreds of years ago. So why not today, Lord? Why not today? And so he started out with kind of experimenting. We did this with our uh, prophetic community at the mission in Vacaville. So we took 10 posters of missing children. And what we did was we assigned 10 groups within the prophetic community for each one of those missing kids. And we asked them to pray. And we also asked every person in their group to ask the Lord for specific words of knowledge about actionable data or something that could be used to share with the police or possibly, you know, locate these kids. So that would look like, you know, get a make and model of a car, you know, or a house address, maybe the name of the person who took the children. So things like that. So they were just kind of experimenting and they also did this. They prayed into the atmosphere. Um, in fact, there were, I think there were two girls or two kids that were missing for two and a half years. And they also, as they were getting this information, they also prayed into the atmosphere, that prophetic declaration praying, you know, Prophetic intercession yep. is different than intercession. Intercessions have earth to heaven. Prophetic intercession is heaven to earth. And so we're like, Jesus, we just ask right now that you would set these girls free in Jesus' name. So they kind of went after it in the spirit. Well, within, I believe it was within uh, 48 hours, those girls were returned home after they'd been gone for two and a half years. So, so that even just shows the power of prophetic declaration. Yeah. But there was an additional... So we, we were on to something then, and then we had two cases that came to us. And so we brought them to, um, again, a couple prophets and we asked them to ask the Lord to get some actionable data. And one of our people actually got some Intel from the Lord that led to the children being found within 24 hours. And so this was really the beginning. I mean, once you're able to start rescuing kids, how do you ever go back, right? Totally. So now we've got several hundred or thousands even now that are part of the finders team. Um, one of our guys in Australia was instrumental in helping, uh, I believe it was 200 Afghanis like be able to escape from Afghanistan just within the last year. And it was the kind of thing, Chris, where it was like, okay, go to this wall, 
okay, turn right, wait there for 30 minutes, now go here. And like, it was very, uh, very specific, very much like wow. Samuel. And then they were able to uh, basically bypass all the guards and were able, to, were able to escape. And so we believe that God's heart is to seek and to save the lost. And, so and that is something we want to partner with and partner with his voice in. Bethany, how do people get in touch with what you guys are doing? You got finders, you got prophetic company, you, you got you have so many things that you're doing to train people in different kinds of ministry in the prophetic. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with us is just to go to our website at propheticcompany.com. Um, they're welcome to um, see what we have available as far as any events coming up. We do have a, a, a mentorship type program as, as well as um, the finders info. They could also email us at prophetictrainer at gmail.com. And we can certainly direct uh, whatever their question is to the right person. But we would love to connect with people. And if anyone has any questions, and we'll, we'll look forward to seeing people as well at the upcoming School of the Prophets. Yes, and you'll be teaching there? Yes. And uh, how do they get a hold of your book? Same way? Yeah, both my books will be at School of the Prophets. They are also available on Amazon, uh, ebook and audiobook for some of them, and also, um, of course, in paperback. And the yeah. two and the names of your two books, one more time. Is Own Your Assignment okay. and The God Connection. God Connection. And The God Connection is the one about the 12 receptors. That's so good. And you can join us August 8th through the 12th. Bethany will be teaching there, also Daniel McCollum and myself. This is, I think it's our 16th time we've done the School of the Prophets. It'll be online, and it'll also be on, on campus. So if you, if you uh, can't actually physically come, you can do the whole course online. Uh, you can do it live, or it, it's also archived. So we'd love to see you August 8th through the 12th. Join us there. Bethany, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, God bless you. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to find out more, read my blog or listen to the previous podcast episodes. Go to chrisvelton.com. Have an awesome day.